On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. Happy New Year's, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic. Welcome to this week's show. Thursday nights, 8 p.m., new content drops. Visit the MetalMayhemROC.com website. There you'll find direct links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, whatever platform you use to listen to your podcasts. At the website, you'll also find a drop-down box that has access to download of archive shows, Load them up, check them out, see what we're all about. Do us a favor and sign up for our email notification list. There you'll get updates on new shows, merch promos, free giveaways. We're giving away a free copy of the new Rob Helford book, Confess. All you have to do is just sign up on the notification email list and you're eligible for the book. We will be giving that away in a couple weeks. Tonight's sponsor... Freedom X hand sanitizer made in the USA following all FDA guidelines. This product kills 99.9% of all germs. Hey, we may be metalheads, but even we need a little extra protection out there. Tonight's show. We're doing part two of our holiday special everyday rockers that take their love of metal to another level. Last week we had metal Walt on. He bootlegs concerts has been for the last 30 years He was on telling us amazing stories. Well, tonight we have Dean DiLorenzo on the show. Dean just released an awesome new book called A Die Hard's Journey in Rock and Roll. From ACDC to ZZ Top, meet the everyday rocker that has met so many iconic bands. From concert halls and backstage areas to tour buses and hotel rooms. Dean shares all the juicy details of meeting the biggest names in rock and roll and heavy metal. So Dean sent me a copy of this book. It's a couple hundred pages long, and each band that he met has its own chapter. And within that chapter, he talks about the whole scenario when he met them. These are truly amazing stories. Now, we've all met bands, and we've hung out with them, and we've had those chance meetings, but Dean did it like a rock star. He is a rock star. So he's going to be with us. He's going to tell us the ins and outs, and it's just fabulous. But first, we're going to have a word from Freedom X Hand Sanitizer, and then we'll be back with Dean. For Metal Forever Mark, I'm the Vernomatic, wishing you a happy new year. Watch some football, jam some metal, and always remember to keep it heavy. We'll talk to you next week, folks. See ya. 
Attention metalheads, we all want to return to concert venues soon. Introducing Metal Mayhem ROC Metal Forever Freedom X Sanitizer. This sanitizer product is water and foam based, manufactured with proprietary HYIQ solution. That's right, no alcohol, but more effective. Manufactured following FDA sanitizer monograph guidelines. It applies smooth without irritating the skin. Safe for all ages. Keep your friends and family safe with Metal Mayhem ROC's own sanitizer. Visit Metal Mayhem MetalMayhemROC.com or MetalForever.com to order your bottles now. Use promo code METAL at the Freedom X checkout store for a show discount. Now, now, back to Metal Mayhem ROC. Metal line direct from the Albany, New York area, Dean DiLorenzo. He has a new book out called A Diehard's Journey in Rock and Roll from Concerts to Backstage Areas to Hotel Rooms. Dean takes you on his 30 plus year journey in meeting the biggest stars in rock and roll and heavy metal. Dean, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Thank you, man. I'm glad to be a part of it. How's it going? It's going well. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you very much. Same to you. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I'm going to let you describe exactly what you have here, why you decided to do this book, what motivated you to put everything together and share it with the world. Well, it, it all started when I was about, when I was 15 years old, I just started listening to Motley Crue and rock bands like that. My sister turned me on to rock music and Motley Crue started their tour off in Glens Falls, New York, which is my hometown. So I decided to go down to the venue earlier in the day, and I, I snuck in, so I got to see a little bit of the production going on. And I, I went out back, and w- within an hour, I met the whole band. It was an incredible feeling to meet the band that I, that I enjoyed so much. So after that, I was like, you know, I should try to meet all the bands that I liked. Lo and behold, the rock gods have shined down, and throughout all these years, I've met tons of bands, and, you know, it's a great feeling to actually say hello to the musicians that you listen to and love and and interact with them. It's excellent. Now, Dean was able to send me an advanced copy of this book, and I honestly haven't put it down since it finally got here. And what we're going to do in the next hour or so is just go through some of these stories. Dean's going to share some of the insight as to exactly how this happened. So you mentioned that you're in the Glen Falls area. Seems like Glen's Falls, either 
bands starting a tour there or they seem to have their share of stops on these major tours. Why is that? What, what does Glen Falls possess that, you know, other towns don't? Is it the proximity to New York? Yeah, you know, all I can think of is that because it starts, like, it's one of the first venues from, like, from Canada. So I think some bands just come here, and it's a low-key place. So, you know, like Motley Crue, Death Leopard started their tour here, uh, The Who. There's There's been quite a few that have come here, and they've spent three, four days or more. So, yeah, I think it's maybe a start of the, the trek up the northeast coast. So that that could be it, I think. So you're, uh, so you're, you're, it's the mid eighties. Give me a quick little back history. You have a couple brothers. I do. Yes. My brother, Anthony, uh, he worked for Bell Revolver for many years. He worked for Slash and he worked for Guns N' Roses. And, uh, my other brother, he's, you know, just a regular guy, a hardcore rock and roller. Now your brother, Anthony, yeah. what was his capacity in the music business? Well, he started off, uh, I'd say about 15 years ago, he was uh, a bouncer at the Rainbow Room in the Whiskey. And he ended up meeting Slash through that, and um, they became really good friends. And then he became his personal assistant. And then my brother's lady became uh, Slash's nanny. So it's quite ironic how that all worked out. So uh, then I ended up, you know, going on the road a few times with Velvet Revolver, which was incredible. And, um, you know, and then uh, Velvet Revolver disbanded, as you know. And then, you know, years later, Guns got back together, and he went on that tour, too, with them. So he he has quite a life out there in California. Now, throughout the uh, book, you do mention at certain times you gave a call to Anthony, and he hooked you up with you know, passes or tickets, but the meat and the potatoes of all this is it it was your ability and determination to meet these bands. Explain all that. That's fascinating. Yeah. You know, most of my pictures with the bands is, is me, what I've done. Yes. Anthony's helped me out in the later days, past about revolver days with some things. But like I said, when I met Motley Crue, it was such a great feeling. And then I would just go to the concerts and, and if I seen a tour bus, be, you know, before the show, I would just hang out in my vehicle and wait. And when they came out, you know, we always re- approach them respectfully and nine times out of 10, they stop and give you some time. And like I said, it was almost like the rock I'd shine down and I would meet them and hang out. And then over the years, like as in with Tesla, I got to become pretty close with them. They knew who I was. And, and whenever I seen them, they would give me passes and, I mean, I would end up going to the shows and taking my family, my mother. I mean, it was just incredible. Those guys are some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. They really are. So you became pretty good friends with Jeff Keith, the lead singer, just by being there and being yourself. Did he really remember you? No, he remembered me after, because the first time when they were with Def Leppard, I had met them over a three-day period, so... You know, I was the guy who would show up with a little bit of herbs and <laughs> we'd have a few tokes. So I got to know the guys pretty well and hanging out in their rooms. And But yeah, and then the next time I met him, I had those pictures to be signed. So it automatically brought back those memories. And then from there on out, whenever I would see him, he, him and the band, I mean, it was mostly uh, him and Frank that remembered me. But yeah, they were always so gracious to me and giving me passes and just such great guys, like I said. 
They're one of my one of my favorite bands. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, you had like four or five pages in the book dedicated to it. Yeah. You know, I've had my share of uh, chance run-ins, and I've met bands, I've interviewed bands, and, you know, we all have our experiences. But it seems like, as I'm reading this, I that little voice in my head, I'm like, man, this dude lost his fandom nerviness at a very young age, and you really got good at what you were doing. And I think that's possibly why they gravitated towards you, they- no, I agree. I agree. They, you know, some bands, they, they realize if you're there to just get an autograph and sometimes they can even sense it. If you're going to like sell something, you know, people, I see people outside the venues and they have like all these, uh, like tons of things of the same to get signed. It's, it's, it's bull crap. You know what I mean? And they feel that. But when I think a lot of these bands, they, they know when they have a diehard fan on their hands and they, they really do appreciate it. So that that's what happened with me with Tesla. They just, you know, I got to I got to know them, and they they knew they knew what I was worth as a fan. Has there ever been an experience where you met someone and like they are a jerk? Yeah, there. Uh, I would have to say just just really once at one time was David Lee Roth when I was uh, it was after Van Halen broke up. He went on his Eat 'Em and Smile tour and. Uh, I was by myself at the hotel and I had my album. I didn't even have my camera out. It was in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And he came out of the hotel and I said, Dave, how are you? And he just, he looked right at me and said, get away from me. <laughs> and I mean, you're talking a 17 year old fan. So I was, I was totally shocked by it. And, uh, what I said to him, he said, get away from me. And the security guy he goes, drag your ass. And really the only thing that came to mind when I was, I was just like, I said, you know what? I said, Vince Neil would have gave me a picture. He turned around and gazed at me. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was kind of a little little payback at him, but I did I did mention I did mention that in the book. You know, I, I leave I leave the whole book to really be inspiring and uplifting, but you know, it is my story. It is my story. I don't like to bash, but that is one part where, you know, I, I mean it's my story. So I did say it. I said it nicely. Yeah, no, I read that. And, you know, well, Van Halen's my favorite band of all time. And I'm a huge, oh, nice. I'm a huge Roth guy. I'm a little older. How Dean, how old are you? Like late 40s? I'm 50. Okay, I'm 50. Yeah, I just turned 50 in August. I'm 53. So I got that. I got those three years on you. And I had a chance to see, like, uh, my first concert was in 1980. So I saw a lot of that early stuff when you start picking up, like you mentioned in the book, your mom wouldn't let you go to, uh, what, um, the, Oh, Molly. Yeah. What was it theater or was it, um, yeah, it, it was shout. Well, shout the devil and, and theater, you know, she, back then when I was 15, she was, uh, you know, she loves the Lord. And back then it was a, a big no, no. Of course, Molly crew didn't help when they put on their album. This may contain backward messages, which really just, put me in the can right away. <laughs> oh yeah. And they have the pentagram on the, on the back, yeah, you mean, know, the whole deal. Tell me about some of the experience with uh, Motley Crue. Now you mentioned that they're your, they're your favorite band. They are. Yes. Um, yeah. I didn't get to meet them on that tour. I, that was, that was the, the show that came here, uh, SPAC in Saratoga. And by, by those years later, my mother became familiar with the rock and roll and, and she went through, you know, a time period there where she had some cold ones with me. And it was, it's a time I always cherish. There was like maybe six or seven years there where she was my rock and roll buddy. So, I mean, 
at that show when when Maloney was playing the drums, uh, my mother was front row and she stood up on the chair and <laughs> they told her to get down. But yeah, I didn't get to meet him on that tour. But of course, as you see, I've met him many other times. Um, Mickey's always been so gracious. I mean, when he went on tour with Brides of Destruction, you know that band, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they they started their tour here um, in Clifton Park, and uh, I went before the event, before the show, and I got there right as the band was showing up, and I was by myself, and I asked him to sign a few things, and he invited me inside, and I spent the whole day with him. It was just incredible. He signed all my stuff, and I I didn't take all the stuff in because I didn't want to bombard him i told him he's like oh no go get it all so i mean he must have signed 15 20 things for me and then i got to watch the sound check and you know now he made sure i was front row for the show so um they've all been really nice to me you know even vince you know vince is quiet but he's always been kind gives your picture an autograph um same thing with tommy a lot of times it's, it's fast it goes quick but nikki's probably been the one that, that really takes the time to uh, you know, hang out for a little bit of extended period of time, but they're all they're all really kind. That's amazing because sometimes you think like these guys, you hear stories that they're unapproachable or they're quick and they're just humans. You know, they're just you know they're having bad days. Exactly. You know, so so many people say that, and it is. I mean, they're just like us. I mean, if you're heading to work or I'm heading to work, and somebody stops, even your family member, you're like, dude, I gotta go. I I can't. I can't stop and say hi to you. I'll talk to you later. You know what I mean? It's kind of the same thing. And you, you have to respect that. And, you know, they don't, they don't like it when the fanfare comes on and you're like a rabid beast. I mean, I've seen it when I've met, met a lot of these bands that some of the fans come out and they're just like, it, it turns them off. So, you know, you have to, you have to approach it with some respect and, you know, the kindness. I think I, I did. I mentioned that in the book, a little bit of a how to in there. Well, yeah, and like I mentioned a little a while ago, um, you can't go total fanboy. Yeah, it is. So you know, like I said in my book, even though inside you're like, like you're like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm standing here with this 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 person who I love. You have to keep it calm. You know, you have a little bit of excitement, of course. You can't deny that, but it goes a long way when you're just calm and respectful. Because I have I have seen people that have been way too overzealous and they don't get nothing. They're just like, okay, uh, you know, because they'll sign an autograph and they're out of there. Now I took some notes and I have some questions for you. ACDC had a chance to meet ACDC. I'm not going to let all the info out of the bag. You find it in the book. You go to Boston, you find out that the show is the next night in Boston. Tell, tell the story. So, yeah, I, I checked it out. I got the information and then I went, to, we drove to Boston all happy and, you know, listen to ACDC. We pull into the arena and there's nothing there. And I'm like, it was like, I don't know, three, four in the afternoon. So I went to the box office and the lady's like, oh no, they're playing here tomorrow. She goes, they're up in Maine tonight. So that's a few hours away and it's all, it's not a highway heading up there, it's side road. So I was like, okay, we, we at least got to give it a shot. But ended up being backed up traffic and, you know, like I said, side roads. And by the time we got up there, the show was over. But as we pulled behind the venue, a bus was pulling out. So I was like, all right, here we go. Might as well follow them. So we followed the bus all the way back to Boston. And I think it was the four seasons they were staying at. But uh, Brian Johnson got off the bus. <laughs> so, I mean, it was, it was worth the loss because we got the gain of meeting him. 
So it was really special. He certainly got quite the kick out of it. Now, when you ran, when you went to the Kiss concert in Albany, tell that story where you ran into Ace Frehley in the convenience store, and he was. Oh yeah, no that that was back in the. Uh, let me see, that was in the nineties. It was when Ace and Peter weren't in Kiss anymore, and they did a solo tour together. Mm. Yeah, so they they did the solo tour. So we, me and my brother, watched the show, and then they were they jumped in a van afterwards. Well, we've seen Ace get in the van, so we followed him. So, yeah, we followed him, him and Richie Scarlett, who's, who's an absolute killer guitar player, as well as Ace. We followed him to the convenience store, and, uh, yeah, Ace was pretty tipsy. <laughs> so we went into the, it was a mobile store. We went into the store, and, yeah, he knocked over a couple shelves, and it was it was pretty funny. That's, and, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so he wouldn't give any pictures. He signed an autograph, and, of course, I respected that. But, yeah, later on, uh, it was like a few days later, I'm like, man, I know that they have that, that video in the store. You know, they, they, they film it. So I, you know, told the guy I was a big Kiss fan. He's like, you know, we can't do that. He's like, I'll, 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 I'll think about it. So I gave him my number and he called me back and good enough. He gave me the video. So, you know, I have the video of me and my brother in the store and Ace knocking the shelf over and wobbling and, <laughs> But, you know, that's that's my personal stuff. It never leaves my house. I've never even showed anybody, I mean, other than my girlfriend. So, you know, that's the respect that you have to get. But, yeah, and then I ended up I ended up meeting Ace uh, many years later. My brother got me into the Hard Rock Hotel or the Hard Rock Cafe, the grand opening, which was, um, there was a, a Velvet Revolver was there, but there was a bunch of guests. And I met Ace again that night. He was, he was super kind. I got pictures and, you know, talked to him for a few minutes, so. I got my I got my picture with him. <laughs> We're talking with Dean DiLorenzo. He has a new book out called A Diehard's Journey in Rock and Roll, from concerts to backstage areas to hotel rooms. Dean takes you on his 30-plus year journey in meeting the biggest stars in rock and roll and heavy metal. Now, back in 1986, you had a chance run-in with James Hetfield outside a convenience store as he was wolfing down a late-night boozy sub. Uh, what's the details behind that? Well, that was when 86, that was when they opened up for Ozzy master tour. And we had waited outside, uh, a bar room and, uh, we were just, we knew the band was in there. So we got nothing. We were walking and a guy was walking towards us. And I was like, wow, it looks like James. And a couple minutes later I looked and it was him. So he, we ended up walking to the convenience store together and, he sat down and ate a sub and we chatted for a bit, but you know, Cliff Burton was in that bar room. So that always torques me that I didn't get to meet him, but we were so young. We were and right after that, the cops pulled cause we were like 16 years old. So the cops told us we'd be arrested if we didn't drag our asses back home. So, but I did meet James. When through all this process, did you know that? All right, well, let's see. Where there's smoke, there's fire. If, there, if there's a tour bus, then chances are there's uh, someone around. Elaborate on that. When did when through all this did you uh, get really good at what you're doing? Because you got really good at it, Dean. Yeah, you know, it was probably in the late 80s when, you know, just, you know, how it was back then. There were so many bands coming to like the Civic Center where I met Molly Cruz. You don't even get concerts there anymore. A lot of this stuff is, you know, a lot of the bands are, they're hard to even get to these days. But yeah, it was probably around 
uh, right around 88 when I was meeting, you know, I met Tesla and then great white and, you know, it was just every concert I was meeting them. And then I was like, okay, this is, this is getting big. And so I started journaling. I started like writing down, you know, it was a vision. I had, not only did I have my pictures of the bands, but, you know, I had the autographs and backstage passes, guitar picks, I mean, drumsticks. So I would take pictures of it all. And then I would write my experiences down and how I felt about the band. And all the years later, around 2005, I started getting really serious and saying, you know what, I, I really, I really got to get a book. I really need to write a book. So, I mean, it was grueling to write this book and get it all together. And then a good five years to edit it. I mean, it really took a long time. As you can see, it's pretty well written. It's fantastic. Like, uh, it, it's just amazing. Some of the going through the Thank glossary, uh, ACDC, Aerosmith, Armored Saint, uh, Allison Chains, Van Halen, Def Leppard. Uh, it goes on and on. Ozzy Osbourne, King Diamond, Kiss. It doesn't matter what genre you're talking about. It's all in here. And it's just, uh, like I said, Dean, I'm, I'm jealous. But you know what, man? I'm, I'm fucking proud of you because. Thank you, man. That means a lot, John. No, really, because I've been in those situations where. You know, you're able, as long as, this is the key, as long as you act like you're supposed to be there, good chances are you can, you know, stay there. That's it. That's it. And, you know, you have you have to be a little persistent. Well, sometimes a lot persistent. You have to be ready and willing to sit there and wait. I mean, even when I, when I met my girlfriend, Janae, she absolutely loves music. And so she had met a few bands before, you know, at, you know, behind venues or whatever, but nothing like I had. So... I took her with me a few times and she's like, really? I mean, we'd be sitting there four or five hours. I'm like, babe, they're going to come. The bus is there. <laughs> and you know what? It takes a while, but you know, I tell her, I told her in the beginning, I said, you wait. And before you know it, you get your picture, which is going to last you throughout your lifetime. So those five or six hours or whatever it is, that's nothing. And you know, she, it's, it's true. And she's like, wow, you're so right. Like, uh, <laughs> one of my proudest moments was uh, in 2018 when, we, uh, me and Janae, we took our son six. Yes. His name is six. I named him after Nikki six. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. We, yeah. We took him to see God smack and shine down and we waited in the parking lot at the hotel before the show. And, uh, we got to meet Brent and Sully and Shannon, which was, it was, it was six as six got to meet the band. So, you know, kind of like hand down the torch, but he was so proud and so happy. He took the pictures to school and kind of famous in there. So <laughs> I ended up giving his teacher one of the books because she's a rock and roll fan. So I got to ask you though, I was a little disappointed. You, you built this relationship with Tesla. Jeff Keith goes out of his way to give you the manager's phone number and you lose it. How did you lose his number? Uh, dude? I do not know. I don't know how I lost his number. Now I did. I did have his number in the beginning when I went down to Florida and uh, I believe I, I called him. That was, I mean, I, I've met them so many times, at least 15 times, but I had his number and then I did lose it because they told me to get a hold of him for the next show. So I did, I just, I just lost, I did, I just, I, I lost his number, but uh, yeah, he did give me his number and then I went down, I flew down to Florida and met up with him that night again. I'm, so, yeah, I'm I, just screwing around. And when I read that, I'm like, oh, damn. Right. Oh. But yeah, you know, they're, they're, Tesla is so accessible. 
even even to I mean to this day we got COVID, so everything's a pain in the ass now. It's going to be a while before it comes back, but it will come back. But they are one of the most accessible bands you will ever meet. They always make sure they go outside before the show and after to meet their fans. They they, they always have it. It's great. Couple questions before we do some uh, fun show segments later on. Uh, you had a chance. You're a lucky guy too. Besides spending 30 years meeting these bands, you won a contest to meet Rush. What was that all about? Yeah, man. Wow, that was insane. Uh, iHeartRadio. Um, I forget the year of that one. So yeah, iHeartRadio. Um, I entered the contest for Rush, and um, actually it was 2015. I do have the memory up there still. <laughs> 2015, Madison Square Garden, it was uh, tickets and passes. And I entered, and one day I was at my mother's. It was early in the morning, and I got a phone call. I'm like, huh, I wonder what this is. It was an odd number. I answered it, and it was a lady from iHeartRadio. She told me I had won over a million people. I won. Man, I, I danced around like Clark Gable back then. <laughs> it was it was incredible. So yeah, Janae and I went to, and we only had two days before the show. So of course I would drop everything on a dime. We went down there and it was just absolutely incredible. I mean, such nice guys. They are, of course, uh, uh, Neil doesn't do the interviews or, or he doesn't do the, the meet and greets, which, you know, we were told that before. He doesn't really, he doesn't like the fanfare. You know, he gets, he gets, he gets nervous with it. So, I mean, I, I totally get it. There's a lot of guys like that. They just don't want to be around it. And, you know, so uh, we got to hang out with Alex and Getty just for a, a few minutes and get our picture. It was quick, but the, the concert, absolutely. I mean, I've seen Rush a few times, but Madison Square Garden is it's one of the best venues. It's just gorgeous the way they got it set up in there. But Yeah, I saw Kiss there on the reunion. 96 or 98? I think it was 98 I saw him there. Uh, let's see. You also, what, you won uh, tickets, uh, Heaven and Hell? Um, you won backstage or something? Uh, did I read somewhere? Oh, yes, I did. I did through a, uh, a website, um, Backstage Access. I want to, uh, for that. So I, I, I had a lot to drink the night before. So I got the call and like, I don't know, it was like two o'clock in the afternoon. I seen the call and I'm, this is in Buffalo, which is five hours for me. So I was on the road within 20 minutes, which was pretty heavy duty. So I got a buddy of mine, Rick Odell, love him to death, uh, we went out to the show. By the time we got there, uh, the bands have already played. You know, Evan and Hal was just hitting the stage. So it was a terrific show. But, I mean, if you rewind in that book, I had my brother had got me tickets and passes when I was down in Florida for Heaven and Hal. So my brother and I, my older brother Dennis, because he lived in Florida at the time, we went and seen the show in Florida. So, uh, we enjoyed that. So I had my pass. So what happened was the guy who got me the tickets and passes, he didn't come through on the passes for the show in Buffalo. So at the end of that show, I was all bummed out because I was like, man, you know, I get back there and meet those guys. It sucks. And I had my pass in my car. So I went outside and got my pass. And I looked at my buddy. I said, dude, I'm going to give it a try. I seen everybody waiting in line and, I put my pass on and, you know, it was quick. They were shining the flashlight. It was the same pass. It just had a different date. And I got in and uh, I ended up hanging out with Queensryche, all of them, which was, which was tremendous. The stories in this book, 
it's it's they're almost they're better than the pitchers because what's nice about Dean again I want to compliment you on this each band has its own chapter and each chapter has a two to four page write up that explains the scenario and um how he met them and and at the end of the chapter it obviously has the pictures and any visual aids that he talked about within the chapter we got a couple show segments we like to do here at Metal Mayhem ROC, and one of them is called The Mount Rushmore of Metal. Many have tried, most have failed, only a few survived. This is the Mount Rushmore of Metal. Now, this Mount Rushmore of Metal, I asked Dean DiLorenzo to give me his four top meet and greet experiences in 30 plus years of meeting some of the biggest rock stars. So, Dean, what's what's your top four? Top four. Well, I would have to say, uh, boy, it's pretty top four. I don't know which is which one would be more powerful than the other, but I'll give you four. Uh, one was when I met Eddie Van Halen, and he was staying at a hotel up here, the Sagamore. They had played at SPAC, and I followed him from the show. And they uh, pulled into the, the hotel, and Scotty Ross, their manager, had gotten out. He's like, dude, it's late. Um, come back tomorrow, and I'll hook you up. So we went back the next day, and I didn't know it, but there was two parts of the hotel. So we waited, and at 3 o'clock, nothing happened. So we got up to the other part of the hotel, and we found out they were up there, and they were leaving. So we followed them all the way to Albany Airport, and uh, they stopped at the gate. And I had my guitar, a carbon custom-made guitar, and Eddie got out of the, the van, and the security guy that was with him, he goes, dude, Eddie only signs his own, that's it. And I was standing there, Eddie looked at the guy, and he's like, what do you got in the case? And I opened it up, and Eddie signed it, and I said, can I get a picture with you? And he goes, yeah, as long as I can hold the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah, I mean, such an incredible moment, getting chills right now talking about it. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that was a very special time. Uh, another time, which was absolutely phenomenal, was uh, my brother inviting me out to see Velvet Revolver in Las Vegas, 2004, New Year's Eve. They were playing at the Hard Rock out there. So I flew out. I get out there, and I get a hold of my brother. He's like, yeah, come up to the top floor. You know, gave me the room number. I get up there and knock on the door. The door opened up. My brother's standing there. Slash is standing there. He hands me a bottle of Dom Perignon. He goes, "Welcome to Vegas, man." <laughs> and I ended up, I ended up spending the night before the show in the hotel room, looking out at Vegas. Uh, you know, Anna Nicole Smith was hanging out in the room. It was just we all sat around and watched uh, Led Zeppelin. The song remains the same on a big screen TV. It was just so surreal. It was just, it was incredible. You still have the bottle? No, I didn't take the bottle with me. Yeah. I was heading down to the show afterwards, but yeah, well, you got the memory. Uh, so that's yep. awesome. So it either, either gets better or goes down. Which way do we go? Yeah, well, it never goes down. That's for sure. Um, a while back, I got to drink a couple shots of J.D. with Lemmy and play Pac-Man with him at the Rainbow in Los Angeles, which which was incredible. Uh, he beat me on a couple games, and then I beat him on one. So he was quite impressed because, as you know, he's quite the gamer. So... So that was cool. I, the the two times I did meet Lemmy were at the Rainbow. He he loved going there and playing games. You know the poker and so yeah, Lemmy's corner they call it. And I think they uh, yes. 
They have it uh, yeah. closed now and a statue there for him. Yeah, man, I miss Lemmy. It was great. The fourth one would have to be uh, 2004. Um, I went and seen Velvet Revolver in New Jersey, and after the show, um, I was hanging out in the bar area, and I looked over, and Dimebag and Benny were standing there. So I got to I got to hang out with them for about 45 minutes and drink. And for every drink I put down, they put down three. <laughs> no bullshit. Those guys can drink, as you've heard. Yeah, we had Jim Florentine on the show, and we oh, talked, nice. and we talked metal in. Jim Florentine's metal confession was when <laughs> uh, he had to, um, j- you know, drink with the guys and he was in the limo and he was at the, you know, at the strip bar. So visit the Metal Mayhem ROC website and dig out the Jim Florentine podcast. And it's a great listen. But yeah, Jim talks, about, Jim talks about the, uh, the Pantera guys going crazy. Tons of stories in the book. We just briefly scratched the surface. It's filled with anecdotes and stories, really life lessons. Is there anything you could share with us, Dean, that didn't make the book that maybe after you got it all done, you, you, anything you forgot, or is there a metal confession you could share with our listeners? Well, I wouldn't say it's a metal confession, but I was going to do a chapter in my book called Die Hard Disappointments of bands that I've met and not got pictures with. Um, Frank Sinatra, I met him one day. Uh, He was down in Florida. I mean, Frank is Frank. I think any metalhead would like to say hi to him. (laughs) So, yeah, I met him, but uh, it was just me waiting for him. He pulled up, and I, I got out of my car, went up to him. I shook his hand, and as soon as I shook his hand, I asked him for a picture and he looked at me, he goes, sure. And I turned around and there was probably 20 people running up and it, it ended there. Uh, I met Bob Dylan. Um, he signed, but he didn't take a picture. I met uh, James Brown one night, um, which is crazy. Cause I, I didn't know until afterwards, James, it was, this was probably a year before he passed away. It was in New York city, but he got out of his limo. And I said, uh, you know, James, can I please have a picture with you? And he goes, no, oh, man, I don't, I don't really feel that well, but, Looking forward, I was watching a documentary. You are to call him Mr. Brown. You do not call him James. Even his family and road uh, crew, his manager, he used to be addressed as Mr. Brown. So I'm a feeling in hindsight that's why I didn't get my picture. Well, hey, you didn't know. <laughs> but, but I met him. But I met yeah. him. So I was going to put that in the book, and I was like, well, maybe I'll just you know save that for something else just because I didn't have the pictures. And, you know, there's not a lot of space in the book, you know, due to spacious issues. So that is that is something I left out. But other than that, pretty much everything that happened is in the book. And I'm doing I'm doing something special. I wanted to come up with something special for any of your listeners that do buy the book through the Web page. Um, you know, I, I got I made DVDs of all the pictures. So not only do they get the book which is going to be personalized to them. They'll also get a DVD they can put on their computer, just, you know, have some drinks and put it in their DVD player. So all the pictures just keep on rolling by. Oh, it's really beautiful. cool. All right, cool. Yeah. Hey, that website to find the book is www.facebook.com backslash diehards rock and roll journey. We will uh, put that all all together, so just a click away on our website. Beautiful. 
Again, the book is A Die Hard's Journey in Rock and Roll. Dean, thank you for joining us today. It's um, I think we're uh, split at birth, brothers from other metal mothers. Yes. It's fantastic. And congratulations. It's, it's, it's something to be proud of. You know, I'm really excited that you named your son Six after your hero, Nikki Six. Thank when, you. When I read that, my last name is Verno. And I wanted to name one of my one of my sons Eddie Van Verno, and no one would no one would go for it. So I I know where yeah, you got to get the you got to get the other half to uh, agree with it. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? I uh, my favorite football player of all time is Dan Marino. So uh, my second son's name is Dan. Oh, cool! There yeah. you go. Well, yeah, it's it's certainly been an honor talking to you, John. I've had fun. I look I look forward to next year. I look forward to the rock and roll concerts coming back. It's been a long year for all of us not getting any concerts, that's for sure. YouTube concerts just don't cut it. No, no. So, all right, well, stay in touch, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. I will, John. Thank you. All right, thanks, Dean. Rock and roll, man, rock and roll. All right, bye. Bye. Metal for Life. Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE TV Radio. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.